Hey friends, a quick note before we start our show. Our conversation with Emily this week, it went a little long because we were just having too much fun. So we're going to split it into two separate episodes that you can listen to this week and again next week. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. Stay tuned. Emily just has a wealth of knowledge and is just a great person to get into the weeds about the topic of ministry. So with that, let's start the show. If you work for the Catholic Church and want to avoid burnout, overcome team dysfunctions, and put more souls in the pews, we're here to help. I'm Ty Hua, here with my co-host, John Cons, and we're providing leadership development for Catholic ministry professionals. Every week, you can expect practical advice to help you move Jesus' mission forward in your parish. Today, we have an interview with a real live Catholic ministry professional. Emily Leadham, welcome to the podcast. Real life Catholic ministry professional. I... Hi, guys. It's great to be here. Really quick. I love that you named this specifically for Catholic ministry professionals. I've been trying to introduce that terminology in church work because I think it just Mm. elevates and it actually speaks to what we're trying to do professionally in the ministry field. So, um, yeah, when a long time ago when you told me that was going to be the name, I felt really good about it. But it's great to be with you. Absolutely. I'm actually glad to hear you say that because... I feel like there, there's one group of people that for whatever reason, they it doesn't quite pop out at them that that's what we're talking about. And anytime I've talked to a priest, they're like, oh, this is for people who work in the church. And we're like, yeah, 100%. That's what we're trying that, to do. That's so <laughs> funny because I, I was in a conversation with a priest mm-hmm. and I was talking about kind of just stuff that's going on. I'm, I'm in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And um so we're talking about some of our planning processes that are going on. And I was using this terminology of like ministry professionals. And this priest was like, okay, you, you use that word. What, like, what do you mean by that? What is that? You know? And I was like, I mean, people that work in ministry and, and it was like, it, it, it took him a minute to kind of get on board. Um, because in, in all honesty, I think it was because he was feeling as though some of the people um, maybe not necessarily in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, but um, some of the people that he's experienced that work in parishes wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be what we would call a ministry professional. It's somebody that's kind of filling a seat or, um, you know, a warm body. And, um, and I was like, but that's the problem. Like, we want to start changing this language and actually start elevating what are we doing in the church and who are we bringing in to do it? People that really have the gifts to do it well and the calling to do it. Absolutely. And that and that's a huge part of why we started this work is really that we're kind of in an unprecedented area, era of the church where we have these lay people that have responded to the priest shortage, this real need for lay people to step up. They've stepped up in a real way where they're getting real degrees and they're getting real training and they're they're real professionals. And so to provide not just the theological education, but this education, this development that helps us to be better leaders in those contexts and in those roles. So I'm I'm glad I think you're the right person to answer some of our questions today. But before we dive into all that nitty gritty, uh, the people want to know who is Emily Leadham. So let me get out of the way. Tell them a little bit about yourself, what your ministry looks like, and, and just your story. Oh, well, I'm an old friend of John Kahn's in Taihua. So uh, that is my most important claim to fame. Um, I, and I'm married to a super handsome hunk of humanity named Matt Leadham. Uh, we have three girls (laughs) blessed as he among women. we got a lot of girls in our house. Um, 
and I, I have been working in ministry uh, for 10 years, um, at least in a professional capacity. I kind of started doing some various things in college um, with missionary work and, um, and that sort of thing, being a you know, coordinator for different camps in the summer and whatnot. Um, and then, yeah, I started working actually right away after I graduated. I um, pursued a degree in Catholic studies at the University of St. Thomas. And started working in ministry right after that, first as an event coordinator, then as the director of discipleship, or excuse me, the director of marriage and family, um, which was a huge honor, a great joy, um, my ever real heart for marriage and family ministry. And then most recently, um, the Lord invited me to take this crazy leap of faith, and I now serve as the executive director of the Lord Center, uh, which is a ministry of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. So we're kind of under the umbrella of the diocese. Bishop is our is our head, um, and we are primarily an outpatient mental health clinic uh, focusing on the integration of the psychological sciences with a Catholic vision of the human person uh, in support of you know human flourishing. So I have been in that role for um three years or so um and really it's just been like a tremendous opportunity of of growth to to be leading my team and kind of um yeah setting a vision for this this ministry that um yeah when I interviewed for the job I just was like this could be amazing this this little agency could be amazing and um it's proving to be there's just amazing things happening yeah being able to see I mean you what you're talking about is exactly what we're what we're after here on the podcast is finding professionals like yourself who have this vested interest. I mean, they see this beautiful thing that could be that there's this calling here, putting voice to the vision that's there that God has placed on your heart, and then finding real concrete ways to influence, inspire, move, and motivate people towards that mm-hmm. end, towards that goal, towards that mm-hmm. that you can paint for. Like mm-hmm. We do. But like you said, you and I go way back, especially. Um, one of my first memories, and this will get into our first question here, but one of my first memories is being a young man in Catholic ministry, just starting out my first few years and being surrounded by a lot of other, the, kind of the old guard in the the parish <laughs> yeah. ministries, the, the DREs, the catechists, that, that just had been in the been in ministry and working in those roles for a long time, right? And and trying to kind of step into this new, the 21st century, right? Step into this new era with new technology, uh, a, a new culture that was emergency, 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 emerging. And, and really we bonded because you came in shortly after me. You're just slightly younger. Um, came in shortly after Only me. By and- like- <laughs> Yeah, kind of, but kind so of experiencing, uh, yeah, kind of experiencing a kindred spirit there, where yeah, um, there were things that were genuine frustrations in those moments where we we were new coming in and just having a lot of vigor, and then these people who had been around maybe a little longer, feeling a little more burnt out and having a little more weight on their shoulders, and just maybe a little bit of that shine of being new into ministry and and that new vigor, um, kind of wearing off a little bit, and that's that's really what kicked off this ministry is me entering into that era of meeting with my ministry friends, my, my, my wife saying to me, John, whenever you get together with your ministry friends, you guys just complain. Oh, <laughs> like you yeah. work for Jesus. You work for Jesus. Yeah. Shouldn't it be awesome? <laughs> and so right. this ministry really stems from a desire to really from a desire to help Catholic ministry professionals experience more joy and more mm. success in their ministries. So we want to feed into those areas where people are feeling 
frustrated. So where do you see, um, especially in your, your position at the diocese, um, being able to work with so many different people? And I know you've got some transitions going on there in terms of leadership structure of the parishes. Where do you see Catholic ministry professionals getting frustrated in their work? Mm, yeah, I I remember that season too, John. And I look mm-hmm. back at it now and I'm like, man, we had so much to learn. Um, Mm -hmm. but praise God for the vigor. And I remember specifically praying when I kind of came up against, um, this conversation with a priest who just said, Oh, you'll settle down someday, you know, kind of telling me like pipe down, like you're, you're too eager. You're too, um, you know, you're too fervor, you're too fervent or whatever. And, and I remember specifically praying, Lord, never let me grow tired of this Mm. never let me grow tired of this um and it's not always you know like it's not always been easy but i but i am amazed how the lord's been faithful to that to that promise um and yet there are totally frustrations i think honestly um i think one of the places that i see ministry professionals being frustrated is that they themselves or the people on their team are not actually in the right positions or not set up to actually utilize the gifts that they have specifically been given the call that's on their life to do, to do the work that God's asking them to do. They're like forced into this, like, okay, well, you know, we see that you have all of these gifts here, but really we just need somebody to run the parish potluck. So if you could just do that, you know, that would be great. Uh, and I think that's exhausting. I think it's exhausting for the person that's doing the job. And I think it's exhausting for the people around them because they're just not writing with their dominant hand, you know, like they're not utilizing the gifts that they've been given. Um, and I think that can be really frustrating. And and don't get me wrong, like the church's arms are so wide and there there is truly a need. Like I firmly believe there is a need for each and every gift given to the people of God to serve the church. without a doubt, even the weird people, even the boring people, even the awkward people, like they have gifts that are needed in the church. Right. Um, but I think when we really like get specifically talking about people that are working in, in this, that are doing this work, um, I don't know. I just think sometimes we have people that, that have these abundant gifts, but they're not being given the freedom to utilize those gifts in the way that is most going to help them flourish and grow. And we, and like, we all got to do stuff that we don't always like, right. Or that we're not always good at. Um, But I think it becomes a real frustration on teams on like leadership teams or parish teams or ministry teams. You know, I, so I, I, I'm not in a parish, I'm in a nonprofit setting. Um, But I think it's really frustrating for teams when, um, when there's just not that flow of like all of the gears kind of moving at the same, you know, like kind of firing at the same place. Um, and so I think we need to get better about really looking at what are people's gifts and how can we actually utilize them, give them the space to like, to write with their dominant hands and, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the thing is, you know, whatever the tool is that you want to use, like I think strengths, Oh, what's the, what's the Gallup Strengths Finder? Yeah, that's what it's called. Gallup Strengths Finder. I think that's really helpful. I'm a big fan of the temperaments, just like understanding who you are, how you operate in the world. Um, Myers-Briggs, like any of those tools, I think are helpful in 
allowing people to discover their own giftedness. Catherine of Siena's, mm-hmm. you know, the Siena Institute's um, spiritual charisms. I think you guys have done mm-hmm. that one, right? Um, yeah. I think those things are helpful to like really look at, okay, what am I good at? What actually drains me? And then for whatever the task is at hand, how do I approach that task utilizing the gifts that I have so that I'm not a drain to myself or to my team? I'm curious because I I do think that's a specific pain, frustration point in especially a parish setting where you've got someone who who is placed in this position and there's just not not much to do as far as the team. They just inherit this person that's given to them, right? Um, How do you, I'm curious how you as a leader who sees though, even on any given team, if someone's not allowed to work in an area where they have some strengths, if they're kind of pushed into that area, how do you encourage your team to, to advocate for themselves or to, to voice that or, or, or to continue to work towards a team harmony where people are able to step more into a role that fits their gifts or their u- unique needs? How does that play out in your yeah. setting? Yeah, that's such a good question, John. A couple of things come to my mind. I think vulnerability as a leader is huge. So me as the executive director, am I willing to say, oh man, this was hard for me, or this is not my strong suit, or or even to be able to say like, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of crushed that. You know, like I just, I gave a presentation um, with my husband last week and my team, um, as, and, and part of it, you know, everything I do, I'm kind of representing the Lord Center. And afterwards my team said, how did it go? And I was like, I'm not gonna lie, we totally crushed it. And so that vulnerability as as a leader to be able to say like when are you doing really well but then there are so many moments where i will say that was not my best work or i'm just like i just can't get this figured out or i'm stuck here or whatever so i think that gives other people permission to kind of speak to their own experience but then my other my other thought and this is going to sound um it's going to sound a little harsh and so I pray that it's just received with like an abundance of charity that I mean it. I think the leader needs to set an expectation and a vision for their standards and how they're going to operate and where are they going as a ministry. And I think that that leader needs to invite the rest of the team to step up to that vision, that direction, that um you know, that, that direction that they want to go as a ministry. And I think when leaders do that, what will naturally happen is that some people on that team will self-select out and they will start to recognize, shoot, I, man, I love this place. I'm, I'm fully on board with this mission. I am no longer the right person to really help fulfill this mission in the role that I have or in the way that I've been doing it. Um, and again, I know that sounds a little like cutthroat and I don't mean it that way, but, but I really do think like part of it is really an ongoing discernment of, am I still supposed to be here? Uh, does God want me here? Am I the right person for such a time as this, for this mission? Um, and in this way, of course, I meant to be on mission regardless but is it in this specific role or is it in this, you know, professional capacity? Um, Maybe, maybe not. Um, So I think that's part of the conversation too, that we're afraid to have in the church because it feels uncharitable, right? Like it feels mean Mm -hmm. to, to say like, Oh, I'm sorry. You're not the right fit, you know? 
But I also think that that's sometimes what's gotten us in trouble in ministry in the past. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you look at the 12, like one of my favorite things about the Chosen series is how they portray the 12. Like, this is a motley crew, you know, like it's so so don't get me wrong. Like, we all have our stuff. Um, and and there is a hierarchy. I know you talked about this in one of your other podcasts, and I thought it was so good. Like, there's a natural hierarchy to the church. So I'm not saying like, oh, the, you know, the priest that's not super competent at preaching like get them out like that's not what I'm saying um but but we do like we do hire people and we use stewardship dollars to hire people um and I think we want to really hire people that have the gifts that we need um and then use those other people in other ways so that they can flourish and their mission can flourish all of this yeah. is music to our ears. Like literally you could be, if I ever come down with anything and get abducted by aliens, you could just step into the co-host position where you just show up um, and you're the co-host. Because, I'm so glad to hear that. I was worried that was too harsh. No. And I think <laughs> not at all. I think that's the re it's the reality of it. Right. Like when we talk about a professional atmosphere, you're either cut out for the job or you're not that doesn't necessarily mean I think this is why we're scared to say it is because when we say, Hey, you're not the right fit for this role. People take that to the extent of, well, then this isn't the church for me. So I'm leaving the yes, church. That's right. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily true. It's just, no. we want to, we want to play to your strengths. We want to play to what the church needs at this time. And it may not be you. Preach. you know, so, we, well, we, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I think it also happens that that same self self selection. If the leader is not setting a vision, he's not setting a bar. He's not calling people forward and forming them to step up into to level up to that next level of ministry to continue to get better to grow into the position. When that doesn't happen, that same self selection happens when somebody says, "I'm ready for more," and this this church can't handle they can't handle it. That's There's no true. room for me to grow here. I, yeah. I've plateaued and I'm. 28 years old and, and I'm like on fire to do something with my life and I, I can't do it here. So now I need to move out into the secular world where they're like hungry for people like me who want to build and win and be successful. And so mm -hmm. there's a natural, if, if we don't answer that desire in our professionals' hearts as leaders, then suddenly they self-select out anyway because they're not being led. Yeah. Yeah, we need to give people the space to really build professional careers, I think, like, build a space where they can grow, where they can be challenged, where their ideas, as long as they're like, on on mission, right? Like, as long as it's, it's within um, what we feel God is really asking, like, because I think that can be the danger, right? Like, you have somebody that's like, well, I'm not able to grow here. And it's like, well, that's because you're actually not, you know, pursuing what we're pursuing as an organization or as an agency mm -hmm. or as a, as a ministry. Um, but yeah, if I think we need to give people that space to really grow and if, and when we find like good employees that have that real potential and that call, like you can just kind of see like the anointing on somebody's life, you know, um, we gotta, we gotta fan the flame. Totally agree. So earlier you'd mentioned a couple of the things that we've mentioned in previous podcasts with those assessments, right? The Myers-Briggs, yeah. um, the you know you call even if you wanted to do the enneagram or, or whatever the personality tests so we're talking about tools what what tools do you think every parish needs to have in their tool belt for the 21st century really yeah yeah i 
I think one of the most important tools is some sort of team um, team formation, team training. Um, I so I've received training from um, Evangelium Consulting Group. Um, I've actually gone through their training twice. And it's all based on Pat Lencioni's leadership uh, stuff. So like the five dysfunctions of a team, which I think you guys have mentioned on here before. Um, I love Pat Lencioni. It's so good. It's so good. Um, And I I would say, so I went through um, on two different teams that I've been on. I went through training um, with, uh, like I said, we used Evangelium Consulting Group. So um, with Keith Borchers, who's kind of a friend of Pat Lencioni. Um, but does this specifically in the Catholic world. And um, it was so transformative because it gave my team a common language. It gave my team a, um, like a, a freedom to hold accountable to what we all agreed we were going to do and how we were going to behave and how we were going to act. And it gave us a structure to continue to like move the ball down the field Um which I think has just been extraordinarily helpful, like in just how our meeting structured, you know, so for example, we do um, weekly tactical meetings um, that are two hours long and like work gets done, you know, like it's not meeting soup. It's very intentional and everybody brings stuff to the table. So it's not just the leader saying, okay, here's what we're going to talk about today. Like, no, I want to know from my team what do you, what do we need to talk about? And so it really like gains this kind of interaction, um, from the team. And then we also have quarterly strategic meetings, which are day long meetings that really take a step out of the office and look at, all right, what's the most important thing right now? Like if we were going to accomplish one thing in the next four months that would move the ball farther down the field, what would it be? Um, and so that's just been super helpful to have like, all right, here's how we're going to do our meetings. Here's how we're going to function as a team. Um, here's how we're going to get to, um, gain better trust as a team. Uh, you know, it's, it's like all integrated, which is vulnerability based exercises and that sort of thing. So, um, and I know there's other, you know, groups that do that. I think amazing parish does something pretty similar. I've heard great things about that training. Um, but some sort of team training uh how to behave as a team how to function as a team uh get vulnerable as a team that sort of thing um honestly I feel like that would be my biggest tool because you can figure all the other stuff out like there's a million and one great softwares and great databases and um all that kind of stuff and I think if you have the right people on your team they're going to do the work to figure out what it is that you need um but you need a space for those people to each do their work and then bring it back to the table and keep the ball moving forward. Yeah. Momentum begets momentum, right? So yeah. if, well if said. you, if, well, and when, when people, when a team is winning, right. When they, when they can tell that they're, they're achieving together, suddenly everybody wants to step up to that plate, be accountable to each other and, and really follow through on those commitments. And so then, yeah, like you said, that well, we realized, well, we could really use this kind of database. Or we could use this tool to help us do X, Y, and Z. So somebody's got to have that skill to be able to find it, and they're going to do it because they want to get to that next goal set. And so if you've got that that culture of success, that culture of buy-in where people are are moving forward, it, yeah, I think you're spot on there. Yeah, that's so good. Momentum begets moment, momentum. Like, it, and it really does because it feels good as a team to to feel like you're winning and to feel like you're crossing things off and to feel like 
right, guys, we're doing it. Oh my gosh, look at us go. Look at us grow. Um, you know, sharing those glory stories and that sort of thing. Like that's a bad, that's a powerful bonding mechanism that actually motivates the team to keep going. That's so good. Hey friends, I hope you've enjoyed the first half of this conversation with Emily Leadham this week. We'll be back with more from Emily next week, where we'll pick up our conversation with more of the things you want to hear from us on the Catholic Ministry Professionals podcast. If you want to transform your parish through your work, but you're not sure where to start, I want to invite you to download the free parish health assessment at Catholic Ministry Professionals dot com slash free assessment. It's just 36 questions and it only takes about five minutes to fill out. And afterwards, you will have a color-coded picture of your parish's health that you can then use to fuel better conversations, prioritize better work, and become a better leader. And as always, if you want to request a free consultation or send us some feedback, you can email email us at catholicminpros at gmail.com. And with that, we'll see you in the vineyard.